Hi, this is Smriti Kirmanandan, your host for Health Forward Podcast. One of the most important things you can do for yourself is to take care of your health. Your road to discovering an all-inclusive, empathetic, and innovative healthcare ecosystem starts right now. The Indian diaspora has managed to make a mark in fields as diverse as academia, arts, business, healthcare, media, science, technology, and much more. Indiaspora, as a non-profit organization, is a network of global Indian origin leaders from diverse backgrounds and professions who are committed to inspiring the diaspora to be a force for good by providing a platform to collaborate, build community engagement, and catalyze social change. In this episode, I speak with M.R. Rangaswamy, who is the founder and executive director of Indiaspora. M.R., welcome to Health Forward. Such a pleasure to have you here. Great to be here. So, Amar, tell me a little bit more about the birth of Indiaspora and the impact you're really mobilizing leaders to work for the higher good. So, share with us a little bit more about the intent and the impact. Yeah, it's been a long journey. Uh, we had a celebration recently, our 10th anniversary. I know you were there as well. So, really, when we started the journey, it was all about community and where the community needed to go. Initially, we felt we need to get more political influence because we were successful otherwise. And so that was the intent. So the key thing initially was to make sure that enough Indian Americans got elected to office so they could represent us. Then the, the agenda moved to philanthropy, which is our core focus now. And that is when this much wealth has been created within the community and by the community, it's very important for us to give back meaningfully to the country where we made our wealth, but also to the country we came from. And so that's been a big focus for us. And then, of course, being very engaged with the community, being very engaged in promoting entrepreneurship, which is one of the main reasons there are so many successful Indians. So the agenda continues to evolve and grow. But at the heart of it, it's all about service or seva, as we call it in India. Wonderful. I loved it. I loved the 10th anniversary. It gave me such a sense of community, belonging, and really the art of giving back. So thank you so much for creating this and really mobilizing all of us to come in together. It's just truly amazing. And with the current state of healthcare in India, what do you believe Indian Americans should be doing in the U.S. to really elevate people in India? Yeah, great question, Simi. Uh, See, the thing that is uh, not as well known, I think people have an idea But people don't realize there are 200,000 Indian Americans in the U.S. who are doctors. I mean, this is 7% of the U.S. doctor population is Indian, right? Mm -hmm. And this is the cream of the crop. So many people have left India for opportunities in the U.S. And so we have this wealth of knowledge and intellect within this community of doctors in the U.S. So the question is, how can that be tapped to help India in one way, right? Mm -hmm. I think what India brings to the table, obviously, is Ayurveda and all the Indian healthcare systems and approaches. So the question that I think we need to crack is, can we have the best of both? You know, the best of Indian medicine and, uh, and Eastern medicine combined well with and beautifully with the Western medicine. Uh, I think that's the holy grail. Hopefully, that's something that the two communities can collaborate and and make happen. That is so fascinating because in the U.S., there are 900,000 physicians, 
300 million Americans. And you're right, with that level of just Indian Americans, the quality of care is a little questionable, even if they are, you know, really experts in the field. So that's really interesting. And what's really interesting is also I'm seeing a lot of movement with the Ayurveda, the Eastern medicine really coming to the Western. And a lot of people over here are doing yoga and really trying to embrace the historical findings of the Indian and the Eastern culture. And I'm hoping we move away from the pill popping culture to a little more on the wellness side, which really what India brings to the table. In your opinion, MR, you're, you know, you're really socializing with the politicians, the actors, the healthcare leaders and everyone else. And it's just truly amazing. Amongst all these top leaders, if you had to point out two or three of them who are really making an impact and really giving back in terms of social impact, who would you think about? Timmy, let me just add to my previous mm-hmm. answer, because this is very important. The other thing that Indian Americans have done in healthcare is we have so many people in prominent positions in the healthcare system of the United States, right? You look at the Surgeon General, Dr. Vivek Murthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at the at the gentleman heading up COVID response for the White House. It's uh, Dr. Ashish Jha. So I think we also have so many role models and so many people in the U.S. who can make an impact on the healthcare systems, both here and in India, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and they would be the kinds of leaders you think of uh, in the U.S. And that's what Indiaspora is good at, uh, bringing together our leaders from diverse set of professions, Right. So we have doctors, we have lawyers, we have academics, we have, uh, you know, venture capitalists, we have unicorn CEOs and so and Fortune 500 CEOs and so much more. Right. Right. And so when you ask of who are some of the leaders that come to mind that can be influential, both uh, in terms of being role models in their professions, but also helping the community, helping uh, our culture of giving back, you know, uh, I mentioned two of them in the healthcare space, but you can go literally down every profession. You look at the legal profession, Judge Sri Srinivasan, who is an appellate court judge in Washington, D.C., or Neil Katyal, who was the former Solicitor General, I believe, of the U.S. So you look at every profession, we have great people. You look at at the CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. Recently, you know, Rod Subramaniam became the CEO of FedEx. Uh, Lakshman Narasimhan became CEO <laughs> of the iconic company Starbucks. Yeah. So you look at every one of these uh, spaces, you find role models and leaders. In diaspora's, you know, goal is to to really leverage these people and to make the community a force for good. Truly amazing, uh, great leaders. And uh, just for the audience, this by no means means, you know, the Indians are coming to take over your job. So any of that sort, we are here to empower and really bring us up as a society and as a community. Just wanted to point that out as well. And, you know, deflecting a little bit from healthcare, but it is related, is the immigration status. I just want to hear your perspective. When Indians come here, we're all called immigrants. But when, when we go to India, we're all called expats. What do you think needs to change here? Yeah, I think there's definitely a linguistic issue, <laughs> but uh, but I think a couple of things, right? I think the immigration situation in the U.S. is nuanced. You obviously have a whole group of Indians who come here as students, mm-hmm. uh, and then they decide to stay back to do their training and eventually maybe get an H-1B or a green card and make their way to being a citizen. So that is kind of one path. The other path that's not talked about in the U.S. is next to the Mexican community, Indian Americans are the most undocumented group in the U.S. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I we like to highlight this because we estimate there are between 300 and 400,000 Indians who are wow. staying in the U.S. without papers. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's a path for them that it needs to be discussed as well, right? So it's a more nuanced approach on the on the side here in the U.S. So we have both the legal and the undocumented people to deal with, and both uh, immigration for both sides is has been blocked for, to a great extent. Not enough people can get H-1Bs or green cards or become citizens. Not enough undocumented people have a way to to move forward. So so big issues here that I want to highlight, but. I think on the Indian side, I think in Indians in general, when I, I visit India at least four times a year, really respect the uh, Indian diaspora. You know, we're 32 million of us who live outside of India, mm-hmm. and we're a source of pride uh, to India as well. Anytime there's a big announcement of Rishi Sunak in the UK or mm-hmm. Kamala Harris in the US or Lakshman Narsimhan joining Starbucks, huge things, uh, you know, Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn light up in India, right? Yeah. recognizing these people. So there's a lot of pride. And so I think the word non-resident Indian or uh, overseas citizen of India, I mean, these are all nomenclatures that maybe need to be taken to a different level. Absolutely. I think words are very powerful, as you and I know, MR. And I think equity and inclusion, belonging starts from the word, our thoughts, our actions. And whoever is listening and responsible for this, I hope they kind of change this linguistic error. And, you know, the recent study that came out, the Masala study, and I'm curious to see how we can take the spice out of the Masala. It says that South Asians comprise 60% of the world's heart disease patients. And South Asians have the highest death rate from heart disease in the United States compared to other ethnic groups. What are your reflections on this? Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with genetics. Uh, I know that the uh, South Asian Heart Center here in the Bay Area is doing work on it to get people tested. Apparently, there's a marker in our genes that <laughs> that if you have that, uh, say that you're at a higher risk of heart disease. I think it's also a lifestyle issue. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we need to work out more. We need to eat better. And maybe, you know, so it's a combination, I think, of so many things, but I think awareness is, uh, it starts with that, right? Knowing that we are at high risk really ha- should be on top of mind. We don't need to be worried. We just need to lead a lifestyle that is conducive to lessening that risk. But absolutely, it's a, it's a huge problem. And I know many people in the U.S. are trying to raise the awareness, including in Washington, D.C., to bring awareness to this. I know there's some legislation in Congress uh, highlighting this as well. So I think I think the job is being done, but more awareness needs to be created. Absolutely. Thank you, Amar. And what are you doing to build young Indian Americans to be the change of future within India's Pora or even beyond? Yeah. So a couple of things. One is Within Indiaspora itself, we have a goal of involving the next generation because we don't want to be a traditional organization that grows old with its uh, when its members grow old. I know we grow old together. We need that new blood. So when when I started Indiaspora ten years ago, there were two things that uh, I put down as uh, things we have to absolutely achieve. One is gender equality, not diversity. So you saw at our 10th anniversary forum, we almost received, uh, reached uh, parity. Uh, it was 55% men, 45% women, which is highly unusual, as you know, in an Indian gathering. Right, right. And, and the second thing we also said about was 10% of our participants have to be under the age of 35. 
Mm-hmm. And, and so I think you saw that as well. So we have created a group within Indiaspora called Diaspora Next mm-hmm. that would be a network of people who are uh, ages, let's say, 20 to 35, mm-hmm. who represent the aspirations, the values of the next generation. And many of them have been born in the U.S. or come here when they're young, and they have very different set of values as well. So we have created this new organization. And in fact, in a couple of weeks, we'll be announcing our first 35 under 35 list of -hmm. people who have created social impact in our community. So again, that's a big focus for us. And that is the future for Indiaspora. That's brilliant because I love that we can have this knowledge sharing session across all ages and backgrounds as well. So I think that's quite brilliant. So this brings to our last question, Amar. If you have to share three takeaways for the future of health, what do you think that would be? Yeah, I would say for me personally, prevention is better than taking medicine. So whether, let's say an example would be if you have, you know, a little high cholesterol, can you bring the cholesterol down without statins? You know, so I'm looking for prevention and staying away from medication as as long as possible. That's been my personal goal. And knock on wood, to date, uh, I'm not on any medications, but you have to work hard at it, right? So I think that's that's key. The second thing I think is to really have a lifestyle that includes a, a lot of exercise, includes those kinds of elements, because it's very easy to forget to do something you have to do every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say exercise regimen, not being sedentary, walking around a lot more, even when you're doing Zoom calls or phone calls. I mean, just not sitting down all the time, just being aware of that. I think is is important. And finally, you know, we have such a brilliant diaspora community in the healthcare space. You know, how do we leverage that community to be a force for good? And how do we make them uh, role models and leaders in the next generation of medicine? So those would be some of the things that come to mind. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Amar. I think those are incredible insights and you're doing an incredible job of mobilizing all of us and really being the source of good yourself. So thank you so much for being a part of Health Forward. I really appreciate you. Absolutely, Simi. And do take a look at our website, indiaspora.org. We also have a newsletter that would be helpful to our community. So please do take a look. Thank you for listening. This is Health Forward Podcast and I'm your host, Smriti Kirbanandi.